Hi, it's me, Tom Papa from the Marriage Ref. You're listening to Anything Goes on XM Radio. It's hilarious. It's Angry Depression Hour. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost, Dave Martin, and Kathleen McGee. All right there. Welcome to... Dave's microphone just dropped. The microphone dropped. Do it, Dave. Go. We're not going to cut this. Go. Dave can't keep his microphone up. Yeah. Yeah, well, it, it, it happens to a lot of guys. Yeah. All right, welcome to Anything Goes with Darren Fries. This is Dave Martin. Alongside me is Kathleen McGee. This is a no-holds-barred talk show talking about events in the news, pop culture, and the state of Canadian stand-up comedy. We are coming to you like we do every single week here from the XM Studios in Toronto. And now, without further ado, here is the host of Anything Goes, Darren Frost. Wow, that was beautiful, Dave. That was, that was, was one of the best. The best. One right of the best. Away, right it away. was one of the best ones. It was one of the best ones. Way to go. Uh, Get him a cookie. Yeah, thanks for tuning in. Uh, this week we have uh, an interview with Glenn Foster on the big show. And uh, we'll be talking to Glenn of his over 30 years in stand-up comedy. He's that years. Canadian guy, isn't he? Is he is that Canadian guy.com. And uh, also, oh, he's an actual website. He's got a website. It's called That Canadian Guy. That's how the marketing works. Can I tell you? No, (laughs) you said he is that Canadian guy. He is. He is that Canadian guy. (laughs) www. He's got T-shirts. He's got buttons. He's got ties. He's got everything. (laughs) He's got everything. There was one time I was. He had his own cereal in the nineties. I was. (laughs) That Canadian guy. You ate it. You never got laid. Go ahead. He <laughs> stared at women creepy. The, uh, and yeah, yeah, and he showed up in Miss- at the Mississauga Yak Yaks for no good reason. Yeah, the, throwing uh, your cereal into the audience and trying yeah. to sell it afterwards. <laughs> no, one time I, I remember seeing a homeless guy crawl out from under, behind a dumpster early in the morning, and he, the homeless guy did one of those big uh, early morning, I'm going to stretch and take on the day sort of uh, stretches that he had, and uh, and he was wearing a That Canadian Guy t-shirt. Which I was, <laughs> That's uh, amazing. Which I always thought was so funny. Of just like, I mean, he couldn't have actually bought that from Glenn. No, he, so. he got that from a shelter that someone well, donated. Well, I don't know. In fact, that was actually Glenn. That's <laughs> Canadian show business. He just <laughs> rolls out of his dumpster, go gets a haircut, and does a gig. Uh, all the day-old bagels and donuts were behind the dumpster, and he just wow. found them and went on the rest of his day. So I was in uh, I was in Oakville, a suburb of Toronto, this weekend oh, doing my cool. happy dance MC work. Like the world's a great place, and we eat hot dogs every day. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> and uh, I did that for two shows, two big rocking shows. And uh, where were you, Dave? Uh, I was in Kingston, uh, Ontario, on Saturday night with uh, Kate Davis. Those two shows, we drove there and we drove back. Great rock and roll town, yeah. Um, well, yeah, no. The uh, first show was awesome. It was great. I couldn't ask for a better show. It was almost like one of those, like, do we even need to do a second show? And then the second show the showed up. The answer is always no. And then the second show <laughs> showed up, and it was a lot of uh, very drunk sort of late 40s, mid 40s, and 50s, and they were just drunk, obnoxious, and it was one of those, like, you know, wherever you were before tonight, you were probably having a great time, and now you had to come up here and, and ruin the show for a bunch of people, but... 
Anyway, I was hosting, so I couldn't be too mean, which I always hate to do. I mean, I don't mind hosting, but right. sometimes there's, you know, you really would like to tell a crowd to go fuck themselves, but then, <laughs> then you kind of, well, here's the rest yeah. of the show. Welcome to the dark side, Dave. Yeah. Uh, and uh, where were you, Kathleen? Um, I was in Kitchener, Ontario at mm. Yuck Yucks, which is one of my favorite Yuck Yucks to play. Yep. I was there on Friday and Saturday with Chuck Byrne and Brian Hatt, and uh, it was a, all the shows were pretty fun Friday was a little uh, not my favorite, but Saturday was super fun, except for there was this one girl in the crowd. She was really cute. She's sitting right next to the stage, and about I emceed, so halfway through my MC set, I could hear her whisper to her boyfriend, I think she's a comedian, too. Oh, yeah. Because I seriously, like, and I, and I know this is something that comics talk about all the time. It's just people coming up to you after a show, like, Oh man, you should get into stand-up comedy too. Like yep. I know you're the MC, but oh my god, you should be a comedian yep. too. And it's or like, keep, or stick with it, man. You're good. It, you're, you're good. good. <laughs> you should really keep doing that. You have potential. And it's just like, yeah, thank you. I am a comedian. I just constantly get booked to MC. At least, at least you're the MC. And someone said that to you. You know what? I got once. I was headlining, and someone came up to me and went, "You know what? You're pretty good. You're pretty good." I'm like, "Can I use that on my resume?" <laughs> That's on your website. W- w- it's Welder, an Welder John from Brantford, Ontario, said, "I'm pretty good." <laughs> Thank you, John. I've gotten, that be- I've gotten that before at like Niagara Falls, where you know you'll do like twenty five minutes off the top of the right. show, and someone will come up to you and goes like, "Hey, man, you know you should give that stand up comedy a try." Like, what did you think I was doing for twenty five minutes? Right. I mean, I was talking and people were laughing, and then I w- came back on the show. It was just like, oh my but god. But also, a lot of people don't realize in Canada versus America, the MC slot's a little bit different, and also it's people who very who come different. don't realize that the MC is actually a comic. Even in America, they're a comic, but they're a young comic. They just think you're there to make a couple announcements, and when you're funny, they're like holy shit, wow, this guy is good, or this girl is good as well? Wow, this is amazing. There was also a man in the crowd. His name was Terry, and uh, I asked him what Terry was doing there because Terry was wearing all denim. <laughs> Ooh, denim man. Yeah, he was really hot, and he had a mullet. And, uh, did he I, have a mustache? No, he didn't. He should have. He should have. Okay. Uh, for the month, for the month, yeah. Exactly. I did ask him what he did, and he's like, I'm a boner. And I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, what does a boner mean? And he's like, I'm a butcher. <laughs> I'm like, it's just like, I, I don't understand what I do <laughs> to get the creepiest men in the audience to be into me. But he came up to me after with a shot of Zambuca and I'm like, I can't drink Zambuca. Thank you though, Terry. Yeah. You can't drink Zambuca from a boner? Not from a boner. <laughs> the, uh, off a boner, but not from one. Off a boner. If you're going to pour Zambuca down your boner and it drips into my mouth, then I can do that. No, you're still not going to oh. do that. It's the, sticky. Yeah. Um, you know, you mentioned that the guy was wearing all denim. Now, I often thought this, that do girls like intentionally dress their boyfriends to look ridiculous out in public and then they tell them that, yeah. oh, wow, you look really good. Yeah, and, like make them wear Argyle sweaters. Yeah. And- like, they don't want them to look better, and then maybe a girl will be like, oh, he's hot, and then some girl, because girls are pretty self-conscious, and when they get a guy, they want to keep him, and they want to mold him into the perfect perfect person for them. So they they, they, they dress him to look ridiculous, and, uh, like, whenever I see someone out in, like, uh, army, like, camouflage pants, I'm like, did you really choose that, or was that, like, a, a your, you know, your girlfriend said, hey, wear this, you look I don't think hot, any man. girlfriend has ever said, wear some camouflage <laughs> pants, that makes me hot. No, 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 so no, afterwards no. we can go paintballing. No, 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 she tells him to wear them so he looks ridiculous, so no girl no. will try to take him Even still, to- I think, no. to, I, I mean, there's a point where you're, they're, okay, they look ridiculous, but you're still not embarrassed to be seen with right. them. If I went, if I go out with a dude and he's got he cut, like if this is like a first date and he comes to the door and he's got camo pants on, 
I'm just gonna not even go. <laughs> no, but what, I'm sorry. But if he's gonna go and walk the earth on his own, and like, you, wouldn't you want him to look like a, a bit of a dork? And so, you know, if he tries walk to go the in, earth on his own, you know, if in he between tries to, in between throwing into you, he's just gonna walk the earth. No, like kung fu, you know. But let I me, know if, I got if, the reference, but. <laughs> And if uh, if anyone was listening last week, uh, you'd remember that Darren Frost, uh, you know, took shots at me all ep- all the entire episode for wearing an argyle sweater. Right. And then after the show, we went to his house, and his wife said, "Oh, that's such a nice sweater. I should wear that. I sh- I would buy that for Darren." Yeah. And then uh, exactly, and yeah. that would mean that the shirt was pussy approved. And that's <laughs> all my point was. You just made my point. Oh, sorry. I like to look good for women, Darren. Where's it's your not fucking so much Ramon looking, shirt? Looking yeah. good for women, yeah. as it is, you wouldn't have worn it unless it was t- pussy approved. That's the point you didn't even get the point now you just made my point again sorry sorry i, I like to look good for chicks sorry okay that's yeah. fine dave, all right dave likes, go pick up a dude darren dave has been uh using... nothing wrong with that nothing wrong with that dave picking up dudes there's nothing, yeah, wrong, there's with nothing that. wrong with that I, I especially didn't say if they're rich is. yeah i didn't say there was yes but you did you, insi- you insinuated you're being nothing but a bully towards gay people dave and we know this last month that's wrong i know i should listen to more stop Margaret blaming Cho. everything on your mustache too. right He's been blaming everything on his everything mustache. Everything on the mustache. He got wasted on Friday. Like, disgusting wasted. He got hammered? He got kicked out of a bar and almost fell down the stairs. Nice. Um, <laughs> and, but uh, he was wearing his sweater and lots of chicks thought he looked good while he was doing it. Yeah, I was not wearing my sweater. And he blamed sweater. it on the mustache. He goes, uh, listen, I'm drunk, but the mustache made me do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. That mustache is coming off. Honey, honey, I, I didn't want to cheat with that girl, but I had the mustache. I had to go down there. Yeah, the mustache is my Las Vegas. Yeah. My Montreal. I'll just blame. Yeah, what happens with this mustache stays with this mustache. That's right. Yeah, exactly. That's how it goes. <laughs> That's how it goes. Now, did you get a hammer to the point, Dave, that you didn't remember certain things about the night, or were you still kind of comprehend the whole night? Uh, well, you know, it, it's it's like bits and pieces. I just kind of remember clips of the evening after a certain point. I just say, if you know, if you're gonna drink, you should also eat too. I just don't think if you're <laughs> gonna if you're gonna have if if all you're gonna be lining your stomach with is booze, then you're you're asking for trouble. And it just sometimes at a certain point, my brain just like like switches off. Like it just for my own good, it just says, "Listen, dude, you do not want to remember anything else from this point on." And then we stopped at a bank, and he wanted to deposit a check. And he didn't know how to do it. Right. He was so wasted. And then yesterday, he was like, what do you do if you lose a check? And I'm like, what check did you lose? He goes, that check for $69. I'm like, no, you deposited that check. Go check your bank (laughs) statement. Well, see, the reason I don't drink anymore is because I get to the point where I black out and I do things. Like one time I was in in Italy uh, backpacking through, and we were me and my friend were sharing a room with three American dudes. There's no connotation there. And uh, we were just all crashed. I was fucking really hammered. I guess I got up in the middle of the night, went to the corner, thought that was the washroom, and then just peed on a guy. Like, I just urinated right <laughs> on him. And while he's doing it, instead of kicking my ass, he just goes, dude, dude, you're peeing on me, dude. <laughs> and I guess I finished. I put my cock back in my pants and just laid back down. Was this a friend? Or- no, no, it's an unknown guy. <laughs> and I wake up the next morning. Everyone's howling except this guy. And he's like, you peed on me, man. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I don't remember peeing on you. And all his other buddies are like, I would have kicked the fuck out of you, man. You're lucky. You're lucky. I'm like, yeah, I don't know why the guy didn't kick the fuck out of me. What is with dudes? Because that's happened to me before. I had an, I had a, a, my, one of my ex-boyfriends, what, at the time, we went out drinking. He got smashed. And in the middle of the night, I, I heard water running. And I'm like, what the heck? I opened my eyes, and I look, and he is peeing into a pink garbage pail next to my bed. Ooh, you're My Little Pony my, garbage my pail? My Little Pony <laughs> slash Care Bears garbage pail. <laughs> 
This was my boyfriend when I was 12. And <laughs> no, but he was peeing into that. And I looked at him. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? And he looks at me dead in the eyes. And he's like, fuck you. And I was like, <laughs> excuse me? You're the one that's peeing. And he's like, go fuck yourself. And I was like, you better fucking clean. I, I guess he must have been sleepwalking. Because I think that's right. what it is, is sleepwalking. Right. But he he denied doing it. And then I said, go look in the bathroom. If you find a garbage pail full of piss, how are you going to explain yourself? And then right. he found it. And he's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Because he didn't remember doing any of it. Well, that, that's part of the reason why I stopped. Because I would just black out. I would go wander. I'd get angry at a bar for being a short guy or something. And go wander <laughs> into a fucking field and lie down. <laughs> and wake up at like 3 o'clock in the morning seeing the stars. And I'm shivering. It's cold. Like, I'm going to fucking die if I keep doing this shit. That's one of the reasons I stopped drinking. I think yeah. guys black out more than girls. Or maybe I, I just never. I've had maybe one occasion where I blacked out completely and I just don't remember anything, but I've I don't... Had, I've had friends of mine and that have, like, blacked out and told me stories about how, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll just they'll wake up at home and then they'll walk into their kitchen and be like, oh, man, I'm so hungry. And then they'll look right beside their fridge and there's, like, two full bags of groceries that they don't remember going to the store <laughs> or buying. Oh, yeah. And then I, I remember, you know, I think it would be great if you, if I would if I were to black out and then go and do, like, sort of, like, charitable things, like change a tire for someone <laughs> on the side of a highway or, you know, start up, like, yeah. you know, like, set up a lemonade stand or, like, you know, go help out an orphanage or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, but if you set up a lemonade stand, you'd sell your piss. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I just made this lemonade. Shut up, it's gin, kid. It's gin. That's it's, what it tastes like. This is what your mom drinks. First couple of times, it's tough, but then you get used to it. It's gin. It's gin. You get used to the burn. <laughs> oh my but, god. But you know, if I if I did you know nice things like if I went like what dog walking or something, or like you deposited that. a check and then gave it to some third world country like a sixty nine dollar check. Maybe that's what you were doing. So funny. Why? I remembered my I bank code check. though. I remembered you my bank remember code. Your bank code. Oh yeah. my god. That's that's yeah, an old bit, but I, yeah, no, it was. Uh, I it would be great if I sort of, you know, that's the one reason I would love to have a reality show. Then I could just find out what I did the night before. <laughs> oh, that's the reality show. Yeah, what you get to I piece did it together like a, like a fucking Canadian version of Memento. You yeah. know what I mean? Why are seven <laughs> comics mad at me? <laughs> wow. Only seven? Only but you seven. know the word, the, as, as obnoxious as I might have been on Friday, I cannot possibly be the worst person that has ever been kicked out of that bar. Well, and the funny thing is, Christina Walkinshaw, who's a comedian as well, we told her the story, and she was like, how does anybody get kicked out of a pub past Pape on the Danforth? Because if you're not from Toronto, it's just not great past Pape. It's rougher, it's rougher, yeah. (laughs) It gets rougher. You gotta be doing something pretty fucking bad to be kicked out, yeah. But then Christina Walkinshaw said that she used to go out with a guy that would always piss in 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 uh, in the closet all the time when he was hammered, right? Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember that. Wow. That's a good story. See, it's not, I'm not the only one. No, I guess not. Dave pissed in a laundry hamper this weekend. That's what happened. He pissed oh. in a laundry hamper this weekend. Oh. I was sorry about that. <laughs> and there is there is not a Hallmark card that makes up for that either. No. Can I get the, uh, where's the section where you apologize for pissing in laundry hampers? <laughs> uh, okay, there's the. Uh, oh, 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 the laundry section of a grocery store. <laughs> yeah. It's called buy a product called Tide and there's, clean the clothes you peed on. There's the, there's the. Or uh, take the person whose clothes that you peed on on a shopping spree and let her get nice. new clothes. Uh, yeah, get, can you get her something new that's going to take. Piss on, you know, like if the urine's not going to burn into the clothing. What goes well with piss? Take her to Marksburg Warehouse for that that uh, <laughs> urine resistant pant. You know those pants, like the wrinkle free. That's why I love Marksburg Warehouse because like dudes are like, "Fuck, it's wrinkle free," and you can get waiters I can, there. I can piss myself. Take her yeah. to the outdoor life uh, place and get her waiters so you can just piss <laughs> on her clothes. And like I always like the one time that I. Had six- <laughs> Like the one time I successfully creeped out a uh, Mark's Work Warehouse employee by when buying a pair of stain-resistant pants when I asked him, uh, hey, what happens if the stain comes from the inside of the pants? Nice. Yeah. Okay. Good cover, Dave. 
Good I cover. Explain why I just screamed. No, uh, Kathleen just bother. broke the chair, <laughs> and, the, and the, from laughing too hard, she broke the chair. I didn't break it. It just like it was one of those chairs Snap that back. pushes back. Because the scream doesn't make sense. All right, Dave's like, come on, the people at home don't know what's going on. This <laughs> yeah. is fucking bullshit. Because Dave is a hundred percent professional on this show at all times. All times. All times. And try, try. Well, way to go, Ned Flanders. You keep trying. You got mustache. Uh, what? Can we talk about Kanye? Uh, let's talk about Kanye. Yes, let's talk about Kanye. Uh, Kanye West received uh, a very frosty reception from New Yorkers at the city's annual Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, which, you know what? Good. I'm well, so there's tired a story. of him. There's a story behind that. We all know what he did at the, the award show to, to Taylor Swift, right? Yeah. And then I guess two days before that parade, he came out at a concert and someone has a clip of it where he starts trashing Taylor again, saying that he reached out to her. He never, She never acknowledged it or did anything with it. And he kept on trying to say sorry. She never acknowledged it. But the problem is she doesn't have to acknowledge Why it. Why should she? She doesn't have to. She you did, did nothing the, You were wrong. the douchebag to her. She does not have to acknowledge you, doesn't have to say anything. You said sorry then let it go and he had made reference to the fact that she got bigger because of this not because of her music but because That's of not him true at all. which isn't true I mean maybe she did get a little bit more of a, a media uh, push at that time mm. but her music still backed up that kind of push and people like her and so that's why he was booed and didn't, didn't she write a song like uh, sort of like forgiving him kind of I think so I don't I don't follow it her. was like one of the awards but I mean she was a big enough star before Kanye came along she had a big following oh yeah and this thing and the fact the thing that bothers me about Kanye is that he's trying to say, well, like, oh, I'm the victim now. Look, right. at I tried to be nice to the cute little well, blonde yeah. girl after I fucked up and she's ignoring me. Well, you know what? Go away. I'm tired of him. But that's all that he's, always happens. But he's talented. That's what's unfortunate is he's one of those guys. It's like his music is great. His music right. is good. It's like comedians that are dickheads. Like he's a, I can't think of one off the top of my head. But I'm sitting right here, Kathleen. You okay. can just say me. Yeah, but but you're but I'm talking about the comedians that are super funny and can be dickheads. Oh, a lot of there are some famous comics that are Just known kidding. to be dicks, but if their act backs up, comics always exactly. get a pass. Always get a pass to be a dickhead if their comedy's funny. If your comedy's not funny and you're a dickhead, then everyone says you're a dickhead right to your face. But no one says it to their face when they're also funny. Orny it's Adams like a pass. is the one that's always comes up with people because of the he was he was the comedian that was in the Seinfeld right. movie, and he has a reputation of being a jerk. And I have met him before, and he he was a dick to me. Right, but I know people who say he's not that bad. But uh, but I mean, like that's the thing is he apparently can back up his comedy. I don't know. But- well, they, they had a rerun of Saturday Night Live this weekend with uh, Brian Cranston was hosting and Kanye West was the mu- uh, the musical oh, wow. guest on it. And I'm sorry, like I'm not a big Kanye fan at all, but I did watch like his performance on that SNL episode, and it was it was really fucking good. He's really well, talented, yeah. and that's why he's still around. If he wasn't talented, he'd be Chris Brown right now. And, and he should just well, shut the fuck up and let the music stand, you know, stand on its own. I think he thinks that he should be talking, but I mean, I have him on my Twitter, and I have it just for the entertainment of it. Because sometimes he will go off on this on rants on Twitter, and it's just like you're fucking your career up. Just be a musician. Stop being a little guy on a soapbox. Just yeah. be a musician. Well, just be, be a comedian well, and stop talking. People, no, well, you people want to be comedians. That's what I'm saying. People do want to be everything. Yeah. When they're in show business, the the glory of just selling records is not enough. They want to fucking. Act I'm or... a I'm a messiah. I can uh, be an expert on everything, and that's what happens. Yeah. And with Twitter, everyone is is their their following own messiah, them. Yeah. But I mean, it's like the same thing with like Justin Timberlake's trying to like uh, he's you know, ask for an Oscar. He's, yeah. He's, well, he actually, yeah, he wants an Oscar, and people should just be. You know, nominated, and not, it, it just looks really cheap when you when you're sort of asking for it. Yeah, 
the thing is, he was very good in that movie, but do I think it's an Oscar caliber performance? I don't know. I haven't seen enough movies this year, but if it, that is an Oscar nominated performance, it's a bad year for, for films. I'm I not think, saying he was bad. He was good in it, but if that was the level of this year what an Oscar is, I feel bad for everyone And else. I find that they put musicians on a higher level. All of a sudden, it's like, okay, a musician did well in a role. They're going to get an Oscar for it? It's just like... Yeah. Well, just I mean, is, is, he, be, is he being right? nominated uh, because it's uh, it's Justin Timberlake, or is it genuinely uh, a good acting performance? I think it's he a good acting good. performance, but I, I think that like all, all three of them should get a nomination if they're going to give one to him. If, to me, the lead deserves the nomination he was good. He was really more good. than Justin Timberlake. And I and I am a fan of Justin Timberlake. I'm a fan of his music. I'm a fan of him as a performer. And I'm a fan of him in that movie. But I don't think it's a good enough uh, performance, in my opinion, for an Oscar. He's a good SNL host. I mean, when he, all this shit that he's, he's done funny. on SNL, he's very he's funny. Talented. Dude, when he got bottled off in Toronto on the SARS uh, concert, and he came out and he just said, look, if I was a rock fan waiting for ACDC and Justin Timberlake came on, I'd probably bottle me off too. That's the best fucking attitude any performers had at that level that I've ever heard of of being bottled off. But he hadn't really crossed over at that point yet. No, too. no, he, he hadn't. hadn't become. But he still knew what he was. Yeah, but right. also at that point he was still like the guy that just left in sync. He wasn't. He hasn't become Justin Timberlake at that point yet. No, he he had already had an album that was very. He big. had an album, but he hadn't. That was crossed... massive. That big. That album was massive. His first album. Okay. It was. It wasn't massive to me, but I mean. But it was massive to the music industry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that's well, why no. he was on Sars the Sars uh, concert. He was in his genre. Very big. Justified his first record was very big. Yeah, it, it, it was very big, but he did seem out of place, and he said that he felt out of place. Yeah, at, and, on, but at, on that lineup, the fact that he was that self-aware and and the dick in the box and all the stuff he, he makes fun of that himself was, that for was pre dick in the box. But I mean, but he was between if you're going to be sandwiched in between Rush and ACDC, I know yeah. that Dave. What I'm saying is, since then, <laughs> doing Dick in the Box and SNL, we all can agree that he he's very you know level-headed about what he can do and he can mock himself and be funny about it, and I and I appreciate that so. And there we go. I'm sure. I'm sure Justin appreciates that you appreciate that. No, but I'm just saying it's nice to see. A, we're kind of comparing him to Kanye, right? Right. Kanye's not that, and he's still talented, but he's taking the other side of it. Yeah, Kanye That's where doesn't I was know trying to, to go with that, Dave. Yeah. I'm be- sure both of them appreciate what I think of them. And on that note, we're going to go to commercial, and then we're going to bring a, another comic in here and see what he thinks about this whole Kanye Justin Timberlake dick in a box fucking shit. We know Dave doesn't like it. I know. I think it's all right. Don't clean that up. It adds character. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost, Dave Martin, and Kathleen McGee. Hi, I'm Todd Barry, famous American comedian. You're listening to Anything Goes with Darren Frost on XM Radio Canada. From an undisclosed location obeying all their court orders, this is Anything Goes with Darren Frost, Dave Martin, and Kathleen McGee. Okay, we're back from the break, and in the studio, a veteran comedian, a writer, performer, Glenn Foster is here after being on each coast of Canada four times in the last two weeks. Glenn, how are you doing? <laughs> Other than I have no idea what my body clock is doing. Right. I'm, I'm, it's weird stuff. You know, I go to bed at like 5 in the morning and wake up at 9.15, like unprovoked. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and you have a kid. Unprovoked. So. Like, unprovoked. Unprovoked. Yeah, it says so. It'll take a couple days to. Oh man, the word. I took the red eye out of Vancouver right after the debaters taping to uh, do my first show in Halifax that night. 
which is, you know, changing planes. At six. Because going east, you can leave – sorry, going west, you can leave late and arrive early. Yeah, because right? time's on your side. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But time is definitely not on your side going the other way. It is impossible to leave early enough to get there on time to do a show going west to east. So basically right. it's like changing planes at 6 o'clock in the morning in Toronto. And uh, so that's fun. So, yeah. But overall, I'm glad it's over. I mean, you, you know, you always take the work, right? But of course. Can't, can't it be on one coast at a time? <laughs> right, right. <you> know? <laughs> Going all over the place. <laughs> And how, and how was your debaters taping? You did it for this is the one for television now. Yeah, right? yeah, it was really good. Well, it's different than radio, actually, because I mean, you can just you know for radio, all they got to do is throw up the mics and go. But with television, you always have to be concerned about you know where the shot is and are you looking into the camera, which means sometimes you can't look directly at the audience, so you don't get the same delivery potential. You know, it's just a lot more to to think about, a whole lot more factors. Plus, I was concerned that um, we wouldn't even you know because on radio again, you can read parts of it, you can have notes in front of you and so on and so forth. So I thought it was going to be completely, you know, on the fly type thing or have to be, you know, parts of it memorized like your rant type thing. But um, you, it's, it turns out that they had teleprompters in place and you could also uh, have some notes on the Because no one even knew what the set was going to be like, right? Yeah, because it was the first time. Right, exactly. But the set is actually quite uh, well suited because they have uh, podiums where you can, in fact, have notes in front of you. So even though it's it's not a completely memorized deli- i mean you you know i no one wants to deliver something that's that's memorized anyway i mean you want to kind of free flow it so it's nice to just be able to have your main points laid out type thing now but- just just for everyone who's listening especially for americans this is very much like the root of all evil that lewis black did although debaters predated that it's just two comics debating a topic and going at each other for about 15 minutes and now it was started on on radio and now it's moved to television and glenn you've done what probably at least 10 or 15 of the radio yeah ones, something right? like that it's become right. it's a very very popular show it's a oh, great yeah. show it's a great concept yeah. it, should, it, should, it should have been brought to television a lot earlier too in, um, my, in, in my opinion but now did they tape an entire season um i think they taped like a half a season like a yeah. you know it's kind like of like a six pack or something no no more than that oh, yeah, i thought i heard that. like 24 debates i don't know about that but i do know that uh steve patterson the host man he was there. he had some like 12 hour days yeah you know and uh i mean they turn over the audience a little bit kind of thing but uh you know, I mean, I, I used to be somewhat jealous that that he was because you know, I had done a few debaters. Uh, when no, why had, can't when, I be the host? Why can't I be the host? Yeah, but yeah. I am not jealous at all. No. I mean, that is a real hard job yeah. just just to keep the same energy level for the whole thing, just to make them all feel kind of the same like and the keep the audience one. on board. You know, four hours in type thing is uh, yeah, it's quite a quite a major deal. Now, what was your debate for television? What was this? Uh, one? Well, there was two. Uh, one I did, uh, which was kind of a repeat of one of the ones we'd done for radio, which was that plastic bags are the most evil invention ever. See, they, they do frame these a little weird sometimes. Like they'll say uh, the debate is or the uh, resolution would be uh, plastic bags are are one of the most evil inventions ever, right? But I mean, it's just a tool, so you can really take it. Either way, right? Right. But, of course, it was Vancouver, so I think I lost that debate. (laughs) (laughs) Who were you debating with? Uh, Who was Jeffrey Yu, actually, uh, a Vancouver Vancouver comic, yeah. He's very funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so... uh, so it was a little different than the one that I had done on radio with a completely different opponent, and it ended up being completely different from the radio one. So, And the other one was uh, another uh, fine Vancouver topic, which is uh, should, uh, should drivers be taxed to pay for public transit? And, of course, I took the – I tend to take the con on a lot of these, like, really 
evil things. Well, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm the one that has to go and go, no, plastic bags are good. Well, Leave the drivers fun, alone. It is more fun. I, it fun. is more fun. Yes, it is more fun. We yeah. saw a live taping of the debaters in Montreal, and the one that was really good, I thought was really good, was with uh, Dave Hempstead yep. and Pete Johansson, and they were debating big oil companies, and Dave Hempstead was for them, okay. which you would think would be the most hard. Right, pop. yeah. He was so good at it. Yep. it he won. He was. It was awesome. The debate was good. Pete Johansson did well, too, but, like, Dave Hampstead's take on it was just awesome. Well, I had to debate Kenny Robinson once on uh, whether a white man can I get a break this. in today's society. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great one. Oh, yeah. my God. That one should be on television. That was that a great one, one. That one should have been on television. Are they yeah. going to film yeah. all of them in Vancouver, or is it going to be like the radio show no, where I they think, go around? It's going to be I like think, the radio show. I think they're moving it around. I yeah. think the next round is in uh, Moncton or something like that. That's cool. So, yeah. Well, now what? Uh, I mean, it's funny that you say that you usually take the uh, the con side of things. And I mean, uh, where do you uh, would you call consider yourself a, a liberal or a conservative? Because you got a very a lot of liberal views, but then you do take a lot of conservative stances on things. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you know what? I mean, I don't I don't think I'm a per se a conservative. I mean, I might have some conservative ideals, like you know. your clothing. Yeah, wow. <laughs> you wear a tie a lot. You wear a tie a lot. I wear a tie a lot, yeah, but that's more of a branding thing than it. Right. Because I don't really necessarily even like to wear a tie. Darren but, is the fashion police. He used yes. to be the joke police, but now yeah. he's moved into fashion yeah. police. In actual yeah. fact, people have been asking, you know, um, the funny thing is, you know, I was, you know, we all try to sell stuff after the show type thing, DVDs and CDs and so on. People have been asking about ties. For about two years. Well, they that's lighter, buy your tie. That, that's lighter yeah. than T-shirts for you, Glenn. Well, it is, and because yeah. you know, because I'm a procrastinator, I actually finally got you some ties done. You should make one. I did. I got some done last week, actually. So you should I'm, make one that says "That Canadian Tie." Ah, <laughs> that's actually not a bad idea. Ten percent. Ten percent. Casting laughs at her own joke. If I, if, I, if I hadn't already, if I hadn't already had a hundred done, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, that's just that's just when that hundred's done. That's right. The, that's uh, limited edition now. Yeah. Just that. I would totally yeah. buy that Canadian tie. But uh, no, I actually sold a few after the show in Halifax, which uh, I thought was. I mean, it's not for everybody. Not everybody wears a tie, but you know, people who, for example, uh, you know, are working overseas, kind of thing, or you know, I mean, it's just a. It's kind of, yeah, I mean, it's a novelty thing, right? But now, now let's talk about the marketing because uh, some comics think marketing is one of the evils of show business, especially in stand-up in the last ten years. And you know, I'm a marketing guy background, and I and I I don't agree with that, but I wanted to under hear your take on the evils of marketing and how it is kind of maybe killing stand-up comedy. What do you think about that? Well, well, first of all, my background is marketing. Uh, I, yeah, mean, I, know I, that I, I was well, in yeah. advertising. I was on my way to becoming a, you know, like a Don Draper without the chicks and the booze. Right. But uh, I don't, why is it evil? I mean, you know, your whole, your whole thing and go, everything you do is marketing as a comic. The minute you hit the stage, you're marketing yourself. Your character, yeah. You, you don't want to walk away from there having them go, well, that was good and I never need to see him again. What you want is, that was good and when can we see him again and where can we get his DVD and can we see him online and so on and so forth. And that all feeds to more people coming back in and see. I mean, if you're not marketing yourself, if you're not bringing in the crowd, then you've got to deal with the crowd that was brought in for you. 
right? I understand that. But the, the idea about like how Facebook and these other tools are now making it so easy for very young comics and inexperienced comics to almost have the same kind of marketing plan that you have where you are bringing something very specific and a number of years behind what you're doing. So it's, it's almost like it's watering down all well, marketing. Well, it, it is and it isn't in a way. I mean, we live in an age now where it is possible to make yourself famous with, you know, relatively cheap tools. Yes. And, and, and little talent, too. And little talent, too. But, I mean, you know, that's just a timing thing. I mean, sure, it happens. You know, I was one of the first guys on the Internet. I was the first guy, one of the first guys to even have a website. Well, it was actually me and you, but yeah. Well, fair enough. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, you're right. You're right. No, okay, I said one of the first. There. I know. Yeah, but I'm know. saying outside of us, too, yeah. that's why I said that. There wasn't anyone for many years no. that had a website other than myself and but you. There, it did, also, at the time you and I had a website, it didn't really mean a whole lot. No, you're right. Right? So, I mean, there was a there was a crest of the wave. I mean, it's all just timing, really. You know, yeah. I mean, I mean, Russell, look at what Russell did on the Internet. But that that's not going to happen again because, you know, it just it, it was the right timing and the right demographic of his crowd that was all teched up and so on and so forth. So, I mean, you know, Russell, Dane Cook, these things, they're not. It's, it's not timing. Gonna, yeah, it, it, yeah, it's all time. And it's not timing necessarily of comedic timing or talent timing. It just happens to be that they like came into the game at a time when. It's like te- it's, it's it's basically like like technological timing, sort right? Of in, in its way, because I mean, we did used to, you know, I we remember you older comics used to say to me, it "says Oh, just work on your craft, and the industry will find you." And but and I don't know if and we just don't live in that world anymore. No, we, we almost, don't. No. You almost have to create your own sort of that's right. fame, and it's sort of like a bit of the whole grand illusion of. Uh, of course, you know, are you on Twitter? Glenn? You know what? I have started Twittering. You know what, though? Me too. I was totally against Twitter, and uh, I've been getting Twitter lessons, and I'm starting to understand <laughs> it. But last night, I put one tweet up, and I got six new followers okay. from people yep. that I wouldn't know. Right. And I think that, to me, Twitter is actually a bit better than Facebook as far as promoting yourself, it, because it'll, it'll bring you to a bunch of different audiences. Like, I only have 126 followers now. But I mean, it, like, it's cool to see how it grows just from doing one funny tweet, and it's a good way to work out your material. Oh, I for think. sure, I for know. sure. And another thing, well, it, there's different tools for different purposes, and and I think what Twitter is is quite good for is, you know, like I'm on TV right now. Yeah. Right. Because yeah, yeah, Twitter is sure. about yeah. right now. So, you know, if you haven't sent out your you know, t- notice to your mailing list or whatever, you forgot to do it that week. When, or, you, you know, we don't always know when you're on TV or radio. Things just show up. So you suddenly you find out, hey, I'm on the debaters right now. Send out a tweet. And it's right now. And you know, it's even like when even last night, because we I found out about the news about Leslie Nielsen, the very sad news on Twitter. OK. And as morbid as it is, this sounds awful. Celebrity deaths are kind of exciting now because all of a sudden it's on Twitter and it goes crazy. Yeah, oh yeah. And it's it's sick, I guess. I'm sick. Well, I, maybe but... exciting is not the word, but it's exciting. It's, it's interesting. It's interesting. To, it's interesting to it's see how immediate. people... Yeah. It's, it's immediate, immediate shared experience where someone puts something about Leslie Nielsen that you feel as well, so you feel something for that. And also to see how people try to like pay tribute to him. Sure. And especially if they're comics that are paying tribute yep. to someone that we've recently lost. And it's always interesting to see how people do that, you know, and what sort of take that people have on it. How long have you been doing stand up now, Glenn? It's been what thirty? I think I'm closing on thirty ish year. I know I'm. I know I. I, I was twenty five without a day job last year sometime, and right. I've been kind of riding that for a while. This is allegedly my twenty five years without a day job tour, even though it's a little. 
a little behind the curve, I guess. But I'm a procrastinator, so that's okay. What was your day job before you quit? I, I was in the last job that I had. I was a, a kind of a junior copywriter in an advertising agency in Toronto. Yeah. And um, the last big thing I did was a, a Texaco campaign. And that was my last, you know, real full-time day job Is Texaco job even still around? No, they're not around no. anymore. They well, were, obviously, were... that didn't work. <laughs> Wait, no, 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 no. They, they, Way to bring uh, down Texaco. I will, tell you a funny, I will tell you a funny story, though, since they no longer exist. Um, I remember going into – now, this is in, in the days before CGI and, and computer graphics and everything else. I remember going in to uh, uh, pitch this idea, and the idea was – and it ended up being a commercial. The idea was that there's a gas station on one side of a superhighway and a gas station on the other side of the super, and one's a Texaco and one isn't, right? So we go in, and the idea was that the guy pulls into the non-Texaco station, looks across and sees the Texaco station, but there's a highway, right? So he walks across the highway, grabs the hose, takes the gas hose all the way back across the highway to his car at the other station, Right, so the idea being the Texaco gas is like so better, good, yeah. right? Yeah. That he wants to do all this trouble to get. So I'm pitching this to these Texaco executives, and at the end of it, one of them says, "Oh, gee, I don't know. We uh, we're running a safety campaign right now, and how's that going to look if a guy's walking across, across the, the highway?" highway to, to... <laughs> well, the, I just about lost my mind. Well, I was the, like the, feeling the desk. Are the laws of physics still in play here? <laughs> really? Because... This is, well, is this like before that? Like they would have oh. like at the bottom of every ad campaign, they seem to have like "Do not attempt dramatization." Yeah, which, always, which yeah. drives yeah. me insane. Yeah. It's like they'll try to sell you a fucking truck, but then at the bottom they'll show, or the, throughout the ad they'll yeah. show you all this shit that you're not supposed Close to do. Yeah, don't, don't, don't do any of this with your truck. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, but this right. is how we're trying to. We're pitching you the truck, and this is all the stuff that you're not. Yeah, supposed but to do that's with that's just the over legalization and and, and uh, what's the word? Uh, not it's an L word. Litigiousness. Right. The general litigiousness of society these days that everyone's so afraid to do anything because a lawyer might, might get coincidentally a lawyer might, <laughs> might try to yeah, sue you yeah. because you attempted to do what well, you saw in the commercial. Well, or that no, no, no. Just the idea that you know. I mean, do you know, for example, how much you know litigation builds into the cost of say making a motorcycle helmet? Right. right? Yeah. Not because someone could get injured, but because someone might. It, it, there's so much money spent on what might happen, happen right. these days, right? Because people are ready to go to their lawyer at the – not so much in Canada because it costs money to sue people here. But in the United States, you know, they'll take cases on contingency type thing. Right. And, and that, that extra little legal padding that has to be added to every stupid little tra- – I mean, you know, playgrounds get torn down because someone might – well, you know, you know, this, you know, this actually happened in my hometown, Brantford. There's a, a kind of like a little place that has a swing set and a, a gymnasium for kids, and it's in like a park. And one kid got hurt. Thirty years that swing set and park had been there. Right. One kid got hurt. The next year, they took the whole thing out. Oh, well, yeah. It's the same reason. One kid. It's the same reason why they have those uh, little warnings on the side of a bottle of shampoo that says for external use only. Right. It's not like they're because they, they're just thinking that some guy's going to be like, hmm, it smells great. And the bottle didn't tell me to drink it. And I'll drink it. And I'll, and I'll, <laughs> yeah, get, exactly. and I'll get sick and I'll get to sue someone. Yeah. Exactly. And it's yeah. like, you know, I mean, are they really concerned about biker, uh, you know, bikers getting their head cracked open on the side of the highway? No, they're worried about one person falling off and thinking, well, now I'm going to make a fucking buck suing this fucking motorcycle. Exactly. Company. Yeah. Um, now, go ahead. We, uh, after your uh, after your extensive years of doing uh, comedy 
um, there's always there's always one thing that like uh, always amazes me is like what keeps a comic holding on and keeps doing comedy because we there was that movie that came out a documentary called I Am Comic and there was yeah, a that part was, in that, that was comic. quite good actually I quite enjoyed that so there was a part of that movie where there were some uh, comics that were just discussing you know why they either you know left the stand up performance part of it and still tried to keep doing comedy or what keeps just why they quit on. yeah. yeah. Uh, well, partially, I think it's an addiction. Yeah, you know, for I sure. mean, you do need to. I mean, if if I'm walking around in the during the day and an idea pops into a head, my head, a head, someone else's head, if it pops somebody's into head, and I One happen to pick it up through ESP, <laughs> no. But if an idea pops into my head and and you and you know you have this joke, you have this idea, it's like, oh man, where can I find a stage, right, <laughs> to get that out? Because right? you, you've told me before that you still get a rush out of doing. I do doing, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah I still. And there's some people that can get up on stage and just walk through their act, and it's just a job to them. But when you actually do, still write something down, you're like, oh fuck, I gotta find out. Oh if yeah. I, I gotta find out if I'm the only guy that thinks this That's is funny. Just, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. It's like I say, it's partly an addiction, and it, it's partly uh, you just keep plugging ahead. I mean, mm. it's not like. It's not like I'm not making minor gains along right. the way. I mean, you know, I have seen some success over the years. I mean, I, I sometimes like to think, like to think, I sometimes say that I'm just successful enough to be comfortable enough to keep me from really cracking it. Right. You know, because I do kind of fall back on my laurels and, you know, sit around but, doing nothing all day sometimes. But it's know? sort of like you get that one industry validation every once in a while. Every once like, in a while. Oh, right. Yeah. Yes. That's why I'm doing Or I'll, Well, I got to keep on doing this because I mean, well, what, like things like the debaters and shows like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. It becomes a bit of a, again, a time game, a timing game, too. I mean, you don't want to be, you know, I mean, I just turned 50 a little while ago and that kind of crunches on you a little bit about, you know, am I, because the thing that someone told me years ago is that, you know, you change and the audience doesn't, you know, you walk into comedy clubs, it's still primarily 20 somethings, 30 somethings, you know. Plus, you know, your goals as a 21-year-old and your goals as a 50-year-old are measured considerably different. Oh, absolutely. I mean, your idea of success at age 50 is considerably different than success at 21. Right. I mean, I remember the first time I got paid to do comedy. I went out and I opened for Bruce Bell and I got $20 so to do exciting. 15 minutes. And yep. I was like, oh, my God, I can make $20 in 15 minutes? Yeah, I know. Yeah. And, I can and here do we that are 30 some... years later and you can... still can make $20 <laughs> in 15 minutes. <laughs> can you still make 20 yeah. I thought they'd cut that back a little. <laughs> but, or a couple uh, beer tickets. Seventeen fifty. <laughs> but we were, we were talking about technology and uh, you recently had a show where technology interfered with your show. And it's now on YouTube and a lot of people have been watching it, and there have been a lot of different opinions about it. Do you want to explain what well, happened? That's what amazed me was the different opinions. A lot I, of different opinions. I would opinions. have thought there's only one opinion on this, but you're seeing this a lot. And I guess I should preface this whole thing with this: this is not an isolated incident. I no. mean, I have seen this. You're starting to see this a lot lately, and it's basically people texting during shows, yeah. right? And not just at comedy shows. I mean, you see it in theaters. Movies, and people yeah. can't put their damn phone down. Right, so I'm doing my show in in uh, Newfoundland, which, by the way, and you probably having been there, it's an absolutely gorgeous club. It's oh, a, yeah, it's, it's a great a, club. The St. John's club. Newfoundland yeah. Club is probably the flagship, eh, of of, yep. of the Yucks chain right now. Of, I mean, yeah. it's just absolutely gorgeous. It just happens to be in Newfoundland. It's a great layout, which, for a which club. is which is the logistics of getting there make it you know difficult to get there that often. But it's a really nice club. Anyway, I'm doing my show and I look down and there's a woman. I think she was with a birthday party or something like that and she's got her head down texting yeah. you know i mean you see them texting up but 
not even paying attention. Yeah. So that kind of grinds you a little bit. Is it? And I just, I kind of, I don't know how, you know, I, I don't really know that it wasn't a premeditated thing or anything like that. It just, in that moment, in the back of my mind, I just kept telling my jokes as I'm, and I walk over and I snagged her phone. Right. And the audience went nuts. Right. They just went nuts because, you know, I guess this is like a real sore point with people because particularly in theaters, you know, you start to see this blue glow coming yeah. up. I mean, they're not not, uh, you know, they're bright little things, these phones, you know. Anyway, so I, I snagged her phone and uh, it took me a couple seconds to figure out because it's an iPhone and I use a BlackBerry. But I know I'm such a Philistine. No, no, no. But it's just funny that like she <laughs> fucked things up for you because she happened to have an iPhone. Yeah, well, there you go. So anyway, it took me a couple seconds to figure out. But then I just started texting from her phone. Right. And I basically texted, uh, fuck you. Don't text me again to whoever she's oh. texting. Right. <laughs> And if you watch the video, there's a and I and add this bit about and you have a small penis. But that was one of the girls at her table that suggested that I send that, <laughs> yeah. right? right? So you, Which you, is you, not clear in the video. It's by not the way. clear in the video. It just right. makes me look kind of hacky, yes. really. Yes. yes. Yep. But you know, it, it was a suggestion from the so anyway. So I type it in and I fire it off and then I hold on to her phone for. I was I was going to give her phone back. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I just wanted that to fester. Yeah. For a little while at least. And but the audience was just losing their mind. You How know? long was she texting for? Oh, the whole show, or was this? Just- I, I I don't know. I just happened to look over and catch her yeah. texting enough that it caught my attention. I mean, you see this all the time. You look down, and I see people, you know, texting from one end of the row to the other because they can't not be talking. Yeah. For those, you know, half hour that they have to watch. Oh, some, I know. You know? Let, let me ask you this, and just so everyone knows, we're talking to Glenn Foster about uh, a video. If you're just tuning in, that's on the, on the web right now. And yeah, on, if, you, if you go to uh, uh, YouTube, uh, YouTube.com/slash/that Canadian guy clips. That's where all my stuff is. Okay, but the perfect. first video up will be the okay. the one in question. Now to play devil's advocate. On this argument, because I read a lot of the um, postings on well, the YouTube. Well, yeah, b- before you do that, okay. um, so then I posted it because it was funny. Yeah, I it mean, was. it got a great, and it was a unique kind of moment Yeah, it's thing. not going to happen every show. Yeah, and then I thought, okay, well, I'm sure there'll be some support from this, because this is a th- something I hear about from other comics, and not just comics, musicians and other performers, you know, all the time, is about people just have no friggin' attention span. I mean, technology is the new ADD. They kind of feed each other. You have ADD, and we have technology that feeds ADD. So pretty soon, no one is paying attention to anything ever. Right, especially you know? people crossing the street, too. But anyways, oh, yeah. the- sure. So I post it, and I thought, okay, I'm sure there'll be like a few little ha-ha-ha, that was funny, and I wish I had done that. And so What blew me away is the people coming back with, you're such an asshole. You know, people can text. That doesn't disturb anybody when they're texting. If they're talking, that's different, you know. I paid money to get to a show, so I'm allowed to do whatever I want. Anyway, so there you go, Darren. There now, now be devil's right. advocate. Well, there's there's two angles. The one is the, the idea that yeah, they're not talking, they're not interrupting the show, and they are texting. Uh, so I guess there is that, and, and I've done the same thing. You have taken phones away and all that, but I also understand the argument that uh, it is a little bit of an ego problem when we do that because it's not they're not giving us their attention. Yes, I want every person's attention because I'm the most important person in the room. Well, that's why you get into comedy in uh, yes. a way, isn't yes. it? I mean, and, and, if you, and if you're on stage, you damn well should be the most important person in the room. I understand that, right? but that's but that needs to be said to these people who don't understand that when they use that argument it's like you're paying you're not paying to to uh just sit there and do what you want you're paying to watch a performance and try not to fuck up that 
performance. And it does fuck it up. It does. When, when, it, it fucks it, your rhythm up. Because, you know, comedians in general, I mean, we always focus on the person who isn't laughing. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. It's all about one <laughs> person in the crowd. I mean, we are a little negative that way. Sure. But it, when texting is a whole different thing. It's not only are they not laughing. They're just not there. Yeah. You right. Know? And it, it's always sort of like, why did you even come to a why show? Why did you come to the show? Exactly. And then people are paying yeah. like 25 bucks for a ticket and they're paying, you know, you know, drinks that are overly priced probably. But I mean, yeah. but and yeah. people may say that doesn't affect the performance, but it does. It, you know, on some level it does affect it does. the performance, which, dis- which wrecks it for everybody else I because agree. I'm just that little bit off my game because of it. Now, I can see that I get distracted by, by those things and then, uh, and then you can't, and then you, you can't remember your next joke and you're trying, like I try to ignore that stuff right. as long as you possibly can, but it does, especially when it starts to distract other people in the crowd, but. You know, sometimes you have to ignore it or else it'll just bring the show to it. Now, my other question on being devil's advocate is, do you think maybe the difference between taking the phone and going too far of texting fuck you to that person who is not aware that you are the person texting that? Do you see the, the difference there? Well, that's funny, though. That No, that is, that <laughs> to, is to, funny. To, to the audience, to I the would audience. think it's funny, but not to that person. But it's right. not like – but it was – you know, it's only – it's only disruptive to that person for the 10 or 15 minutes that I kept the phone. I gave it back. Right. So then they're just going to text back, that wasn't me, that was the comedian, ha, 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 you know. And they, they got a great story out of it. They and got they, a story out of it, maybe a lawsuit, who knows. <laughs> but, well, that's, but that's my point. My point is that there, there is the problem with the return text. There is the angle of, the, of a lawsuit or trouble that that person for 15 minutes thought I said fuck you to them and they did something. And if that person did do something based on the fuck you text, there might be a legal ramification there. Then, well, hopefully then, they but learned- if, if that person did something based on a fuck you text in the middle of a conversation that was going on that long, then that person has a serious problem to right because you know, they must but i mean surely so for a few sensitive. minutes you just wonder what it was what, what why are they saying fuck you small penis what's that about uh, right. why is she doing that to me now right. uh, yeah. oh i haven't heard anything for 15 minutes what's going on and then it's over so you yeah. know really and hopefully we all learn a valuable lesson lawsuit to... seriously this is what i can't even that's what some of the comments i, I shouldn't probably... well that's why i'm bringing it up i don't think there's going to be one but i'm no. trying to find an angle well, I, of why I... they think there could be a possibility of one well because part of it has to do with i think the fact that there's a part where i disappear from frame where i go and grab the, so the question is oh what happened there you know, and, and it's only a couple seconds though so yeah. what happened i took her phone i, I didn't mean, slap her face or no. you, know, <laughs> you wanted you know, i to. went over in the corner and i pulled out my cock and made her Did suck it her? and then i took her phone all in that and fortunately you know i go pretty quickly so uh-huh. and you're the one with the small penis so you I had to vent the, that exactly so that's where that came from clearly yeah. So, you know. But I mean, I've heard of comics <laughs> dropping cell phones into drinks. I've heard Nick DePaul, there's a story of Nick, Nick DePaul doing that. He dropped someone's phone in, into their drink. Okay. And, then, and then he gave them like 200 bucks and said, go buy yourself a new phone and right. get the fuck out of my I show. I mean, if you're paying well, people, I, that's cool. That's this is, one this <laughs> is another thing. I'm starting to get emails from other comics that have done these sorts of things and shoved them down their pants and smashed them on stage. A couple yep, guys in yep. Britain have smashed them on stage. Well, so, they're, very, they're very cheap in Britain, so. But I, you know, but so I'm just saying, I didn't do any of that. I took no. the phone for a little while. I think and, part of the issue is that, it, and not, not disparaging Newfoundland in any way because there are great crowds and everything else, but everybody knows everybody. Yeah. Right? So it could be, oh, well, buddy did this and buddy did that, and I heard from a lawyer to this guy, that, and then, oh, you, you know. Oh, you, know, you took Sally Jane's phone. Whatever, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, diddly doodly diddly. Diddly doodly And then the fiddling starts, <laughs> yeah, and then, oh, my God. Two-stepping on a dock somewhere. <laughs> 
feel like I'm in Toronto right now. Right. <laughs> um, well, we do have to wrap it up here, Glenn, but we do want to talk about any kind of future shows that you have going on. And, of course, if anyone wants any information about you, we'll push you at the end of the show. It's thatcanadianguy.com. But any kind of shows coming up, what's what's going on yeah, with I'm you? Yeah, I'm very excited. I got the uh, the Rose Theatre in Brampton in April, okay. which is uh, just a massive, gorgeous, beautiful theatre uh, up uh, north of uh, north of Mississauga, okay. I guess, kind of up in Brampton there. And that will be uh, April 15th. And uh, everyone's oh, and favorite then, day of the year, New Year's Eve, to perform. Oh, comedy. New Year's Eve, of course. Yes, I'm I'm working uh, in uh, Oakville, where I live. So that's uh, you know like two blocks from my house. So that's, that's nice. a good gig. Yeah. <laughs> That's that at Yuck Yucks, Yuck Yucks in Oakville? That will be Yuck Yucks in Oakville on New Year's Eve. What's the date of New Year's Eve? I believe it's uh, the uh, 31st of December. I think it's I the 30th. Know. It changes every year, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. so it depends like on when New- Monday is. Like Leap New Year's Eve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thanks, Glenn, for coming by. Oh, and thanks a lot for having me in, man. Yeah. And if uh, anything changes, a lawsuit happens, or some more threats, I please highly come by. doubt it. I highly doubt it. But <laughs> you know, I'm speaking to a lawyer because you have to. Well, right? hey, I had to speak to a lawyer when I got assaulted and put the clip up. I mean, these are crazy times. You have Indeed. to do what you have to do. Indeed. There are some people who could bring world peace if they weren't so busy hating everyone. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost, Dave Martin. And Kathleen McGee. Hey, this is Russell Peters, and I'm on Kathleen McGee's show, Anything Goes. Oh, yeah, Dave Martin and Darren Frost are on it, too. But I really believe that it's Kathleen McGee's show, because she can squirt. (laughs) Oh, yeah, and it's on XM Radio, but I guess you knew that because you're listening to it. Get that shit out of your ears and put this shit in. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost, Dave Martin, and Kathleen McGee. Okay, we're back from the break, and uh, that was Glenn Foster. That was uh, I really enjoyed that little interview with Glenn. Didn't you guys enjoy that? It was very uh, interesting. Yeah, no, it, uh, very interesting. And, and Glenn is like, a, as, as, a, as old of a guy as he is as far as <laughs> comedy. No, I'm just I'm saying he's put in a lot of years. Oh, yeah. uh, I mean, uh, but he still goes out and he does like seven minute sets and he yep. still does like rooms where, you know, a lot of older guys will just like kick back and just show up uh, on their you know weekends and, and clubs. But Glenn still goes out and he does, you know, he, he does try to do new stuff in, in the club all times. And the thing about Glenn, and I've always said this, uh, social retard, but great comic. Yeah. And I don't mean that in terms of, like, he's just sometimes it's awkward to talk to him sometimes. But, uh, you know, the guy is one of the best comics in the country. And unfortunately, in Canada anyways, whenever people start talking about their top five comics, I've always put Glenn in there because I know how much material he's written and how long he's been doing it and how great he is. But a lot of comics, for some reason, overlook him, and I think it's kind of sad. And a lot of comics are sort of like, why am I going to write a joke that I can only do for two weeks? But Glenn always has new stuff. Yeah. And, and, mm-hmm. and same thing with Kenny Robinson, too. You know? Yeah. Like, new stuff all the time, very topical, very good guy. And, you know, it's like we were talking about why you stay in it. And, and the thing is, the thing that doesn't get rewarded is new, new material a lot of times. Uh, you know, when I was starting out, I was told, you just got to keep doing new material, new material. And those comics that are doing that generally don't get much uh, thrown their way or any kind of props for that. Guys like Glenn or, or uh, Kenny. So, you know. That's sad. And on a sad note, of course, what happened? Go ahead. Uh, well, uh, just yesterday we uh, re- we found out that uh, Leslie Nielsen had passed away. Yes. And uh, this is my very quick tribute to Leslie Nielsen, Canadian, originally from Edmonton. Right, Kathleen? No. Well, I read that he was born in Regina, but he did live in Edmonton. He went to high okay, school well, here's in Edmonton. my tribute to Leslie Nielsen. 
because Leslie Nielsen, every time that he was interviewed on a talk show, or there yes. was whether it was CTV or the Arsenio Hall show, because he, he he would always have a whoopee cushion with him. And as an old of a guy as he was, he loved sort of like that very fart. silly uh, fart jokes, pot, like uh, toilet humor. Yep. And he was he was very childish, and and the movies that he was in, they were funny, but they were very childish in, in their oh, own. Oh yeah, but 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 like the airplane movies still hold up in many ways. And the and, Naked Gun, the first Naked Gun, still holds up big time. And Police Squad too. A lot of people forget the yep. TV show Police Squad. He started out as a very serious actor and he was in those like he was that was he, the was, heavy. To he be. was the heavy yeah but he's just he was one of the best comedic actors of all time like just his he was so good at being straight and funny yeah mm-hmm. and there's an article in the sun that slow tech uh, jim slow tech a reporter uh wrote about him that when he interviewed him as a young kind of reporter he, he had the fart machine and he just loved the, the exactly he just and even and even <laughs> it is funny and even the future like stars that jim uh interviewed like anna nicole smith he brought up the fart machine and anna nicole laughed hysterically because i guess leslie nielsen kept doing it around her and it's like the great you know icebreaker i guess with people is a fart machine and he he used it oh man they should just uh you know maybe we'll have peace in the middle east they just need a fart machine <laughs> <laughs> like the that. ghost of Leslie Nielsen in a fart machine. Yep. I actually worked with Leslie Nielsen in uh, the late uh, late nineties, early two thousands when I did a movie with uh, Disney. Believe it or not, yes, I was in a Disney movie back when I was an actor. You're still uh, an actor, uh, everyone. Not really, and uh, not after this show. Do you act like you still enjoy my like company? I mean, that's true. It's, it's my <laughs> Oscar really winning good, performance. You're yeah. really good actor. Around, yeah, Dave. step back, JT. I'm getting the fucking Oscar for this one. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I did a movie called Santa Who, where I. Played Played Tommy Davidson sidekick, and uh, oh, you, you, have, you have Tommy Davidson you? stories too. I you was, yeah, Davidson I had some Davi, Tommy Davidson. We'll talk story about those in a future time. show. I don't want to, you know, uh, mess with the uh, the uh, image or uh, memory of. You don't want to. You want to burn that uh, Tommy Davidson bridge? No, and uh, which is open all the time. Uh, but no, Leslie Nielsen was really nice. I didn't really talk to him. I guess I don't know. Someone said he was deaf in the one year, so it was very hard to talk to him. I don't know if that's true or not, or that was just a way to keep everybody away from him. Because he was, like, at that time, 75 or 76, and he was an older gentleman, and he had to wear the whole Santa outfit, and it was tiring for him. But, you know, he what even what he brought to that movie was very funny, and for this cute little Santa Claus movie that it was, that's called Santa Who. And I had to wear fake ears and I had to be an elf for 20 days in the summer. And you sweat and it's just gross. And you put Febreze down your pants so you don't smell. It's just gross. Well, I mean, like, and, and the way you said he was older, so it was harder for him. I was just like, I when I saw Don Rickles, I'm like, oh, he's so old and fragile, but I love him. And he's amazing. And when we met Ernest Borgnine, yeah. they're just kind of like, what? What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. And like, you want to just hug them, but you are afraid that you'll break them. Like, yeah. Bob Barker, at the end of his run, women would run up and you weren't allowed to touch him because he might break. Yeah, yeah. Well, well they're older dudes. Well, but was, you forget about that. Earlier in the show, we were talking about Kanye West being on SNL. And Ernest Borgnine was actually on the uh, episode of SNL that was on this past weekend, too. Oh, but, really? Yeah, he, it, it, was a, it was one of those sketches where it just gets sillier and sillier and, and all this you know crazy shit's happening around. And Ernest Borgnine just sat there and grinned for the whole sketch. It was, it was, <laughs> it was very cute and very funny. And yeah. a lot of it was like, oh, there's Ernest Borgnine. I didn't even know, you know, I mean, there, there he is. Right. Uh, but it was, it was, yeah, I mean, and a, and a great straight man, too. I think that there's a resurgence of uh, of senior citizen actors, like well, Betty fuck, White. Fuck, fuck Shatner. Shatner up. is the king Shatner. of media. 
That guy just keeps coming and coming and coming. It's unbelievable. <laughs> He's like Peter North. Of the, <laughs> he is uh, like yeah. of the acting world. Of the acting world. He's coming all over the place. Yeah. He's the beer can. <laughs> uh, this metaphor is getting a little fucked up now, but yeah, yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. But Darren, when you're 80, do you think you're still going to be doing stand-up? I wouldn't even be. I'm not going to make it to 65. <laughs> oh, yeah. shut up. I'm not. I'll make it to 65, gonna... and then I'm going to drop, because my kids will be old enough to take care of themselves, and then I'm just going to die. <laughs> He's not going to make it to New Year's, man. No, like, fuck. Oh, don't say that. I know. The amount of gravy I eat per week, I'm not going to make it. <laughs> I love gravy. It's, a, it's in an IV that he carries around with him. You know? <laughs> I tell him when it's a colostomy bag going the wrong way. <laughs> That makes no fucking sense at all. Going the but, wrong way, I yeah, said. Yeah, I know it. Uh, it but like, makes sense. So you have shit going into yes. you? Yes. Okay. That's all what right. gravy is. I, well, yeah, it's the... It's not good for you. It's shit. Pump that gravy. It's all right for pump, you. Pump, pump. Well, you know when you got to explain the jokes to Dave? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> This is this is They're going nowhere. Okay. And on that note, we probably should wrap it up before I make another reference I have to explain to Dave. <laughs> uh, where are you going to be this weekend, Dave, late on us? Uh, I don't believe, actually, I think I have this weekend off. I'm going to be, where Where am I going to be? Are you in London? Oh, yeah. Shit, I just remembered that. I'm in, Lo- I'm in oh London with uh, that. Well, have you sorry. changed your underwear today, Dave? Have we got to go over that, too? Or? No, actually, the I have checklist? Okay, no, I haven't. I'm going to be in uh, London with uh, Lori Elliott and Roy Day. So, uh, Come on, how would you forget that? That's a fun weekend. Yeah, I know it's a fun weekend. I'm surprised. I'm ashamed that I didn't that I forgot Fuck. it. I'm going to be in London. Morelli's with been Lori. on our show too. Well, she was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was on the show. But I, I'm going to be in London. That's where I'll be. Come and find me. I dare you. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> don't, Kathleen told you. I'll be in uh, Barry with uh, Arthur Simeon. Finally, they're putting me and Arthur Simeon together. Mm. Uh, and uh, Chris Quigley will be headlining. I'll be in Barry all weekend. And That's then, a fun show. It is a fun show. I also have a really fun show coming up if you live in Toronto. It's just going to be a fun time. Um, it's, the show's called The Naughty List. Of course, Darren and Dave will be on that show. Yes. Pete Zedlacker's going to be on it. Uh, Allison Dorr. There's a whole bunch of people that are going to be on it. It's Tuesday, December 14th at the Crown and Tiger at Bathurst and College. Um, it's going to be a really fun show. So even if two people come out, it's going to be fun. It's going to be amazing. And uh, I'm going to be this weekend in Ottawa at a couple uh, shows, one in Ottawa on a private show in Brockville. Ooh, Ooh a private, private dancer. dancer. Dancer for money. <laughs> and then uh, I'm also on the naughty list. But on Monday, there is a, a food band. Well, it's for kids, isn't it? It's, like a, it's like a breakfast uh, for uh, kids. Uh, you know, Toronto kids, kids breakfast. Yeah. yeah. Right. Show at the Dominion on Queen. Dominion on Queen. Where 60 Dave, comics, right? Yeah. It's like 60 comics in like 60 minutes or something. Yeah. We're each supposed to go up and do a minute of our comedy for charity to uh, give kids. It's breakfast yeah. in the morning. And uh, Mike Cliff, a great comic, is uh, running that show, and uh, all the money's going to charity for kids to get breakfast. Also, if you wanted to come and want to bring a chari- uh, food item, a non-perishable food item or a gift for a child, that will go to them as well. So please, if you are in the area, you're going to see 60 comics in one night uh, knocking it out for a minute each, their best stuff. So. It's at the Dominion on Queen. Yes. 500 Queen Street East. Check yeah. it out. And, and it was so much fun last year. It's going to be insane It, it was this a year. lot of fun last year. And you know what? If you're a comedy fan, just come and hang out because afterwards all the comics get drunk and you'll be able to get stuff signed if you want to. Comics like Deborah show up and yeah. other famous comics come by. So there'll be some people there. And if not, you'll just get your ha-ha on. And that's all that get matters. Get your ha-ha on. And uh, that is it. If you have any questions or concerns, you can always call us at one eight seven seven xm laugh or that old internet at xm laugh. Uh, at uh, no laugh attack at xmradio.ca. I'll get that right one day. It's like the, the old intro internet. Extra. Yeah, I don't mock you when you screw well, that up. Because I every fuck week. it up and I laugh. You about know it. when you're a young woman dating an old man when he calls it the internet. The internet. Yeah, that's well. You can just point to me. Thank yeah, you. that's right. Yeah. Aww. Um, the internet. And we want a big uh, a big thanks to a Victoria producer and Paul the intern for putting this show together. 
and putting them through hell all year long. And, uh, <laughs> Where can people find you if they want to get any information? You can always you want. go to my comedyhorror.com website. Uh, my third DVD is for sale. Kathleen. Just look me up on Facebook. And now I'm on Twitter. I want more followers. Kathleen underscore McGee. Yeah. The only people listen to the show are your fans anyways. <laughs> go ahead, Dave. And uh, you can find uh, whatever I'm up to uh, both on uh, Facebook and the Anything Goes uh, group page on Facebook and uh, DaveMartinWorld.com. So, uh, coming up, we have a Christmas show that we're going to be uh, really excited about. We're going to post some clips uh, in the next coming episodes of our interview with Christopher Titus and Anthony Jeselnik as a year-end wrap-up to our show. And we appreciate that you listen to us, and hopefully you will join us next week. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. See ya. I smile and